Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? You think that there's a good chance, I suspect, that Antonio Conte is the man. Pop my finish second. Ooh. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Delighted to say that Anthony Moyles is with us. We're going to talk about Mead's success and keeping the Brendan Martin with the Royals for a second successive year and what the future might mean for them as well with yeah, potentially a breakup of the backroom team. Some of the players are going to be going to Australia. But just to start with Shane Walsh, because this has been a kind of a constant theme and the comments have been kind of rocking all morning about this and you've, yep. got, you've got experience about transferring between clubs <laughs> and transferring into Dublin. What do you make about, first of all, Walsh's decision to go to Kilmacud? Um Yeah, like I don't... <laughs> Listen, I, you know, speaking from personal experience, I, 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 there's plenty of lads who would give me plenty of slagging about one club, one life, and all the rest of it. Kind of say, well, it's more like seven or eight clubs for me. But you know, I think different situations occur, I suppose, um, during a player's career. Um, it could be, you know, personal reasons, as in he's living or working somewhere else. It could be an ambition thing. Um, you know, it could be a personality thing, as regards a, you know, a kind of something that ha- happened within the club. Um, so there's lots and lots of different factors going on uh, like I mean I think definitely the travel and all of that when you're doing it for the county um, and I would have seen this you know even uh, there's, it, there's been plenty of instances of it um, there is then a kind of a thing of you're doing it for the county yes there's 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 more kind of I suppose set standards around where you're going to train and stuff like this so you might be training in Dublin as well okay mm-hmm. now as you come closer to the championship of course you're going to have to be down in Galway or wherever it is but um, for the club situation it, there may be a feeling where on his part and listen this is a speculation that it's kind of like it's nearly a break and he's kind of saying you know what do I nearly have to be going down all year round type thing um, I am living and working in Dublin now it's so much easier for me I can give a better level of commitment to it because even though you'd say oh well he doesn't have to go down for club training if he's not there you know the rest of the players are saying well where is he okay he's a standout player but you still need to be there you know and you still probably want to be there um, and it just can get draining he's what is he 20 29, 30 years of age now, yeah. so he's probably playing for the club since he was, you know, come out of a minor. So it's it, it just it can get to you, um, you know. And I suppose it's it's a situation where he may also be. I'd say he's the ambitious type, you know, and he's probably looking at it and saying, you know what, uh, Kilma could like anyone who comes out of Dublin is generally in the mix for an All Ireland uh, title. So he's probably saying, you know, could I win an All Ireland club? Um, His feeling might be he's the missing piece. I mean, you take a bit of pressure. Paul Malley was injured for the tail end of last year, which really affected them. But even I remember watching some of their Leinster Championship games and Brandon put a real lock on to Mannion. It worked out for him in the second half of that Leinster semi-final, but generally he was tightly marked. You put Walsh there. Good luck trying to double-stop both of them. Yeah, and Kilmacud are an interesting club because I moved from Mead into Dublin and I, I transferred to St. Oliver Plunkett's who had a very, very you know good, strong team at the time. We got to a county final um, and we lost it to St. Bridges. But, you know, Kilmacud, like the standard was very, very high. You know, and I remember remarking to, to lads, obviously, even still in the Mead panel that the standards that were involved and some of the stuff that was going on within the club scene in Dublin was as good if not better than what was happening with ourselves at the time you know so they had started to raise the bar within club level from early on in Dublin so you had Kilmacuds the Ballybones Ballymons uh, Vincent's obviously Oliver Plunkett's were very very strong Luke and were coming so you had all of those teams but Kilmacud generally 
bar one or two, they generally recruited from within mm. the kind of parish, if you know what I mean. They weren't really a club that kind of really, you know, threw out the net to see who they could get. Not like, and, say, the name maybe Parnells would have got for the amount of external players. Yeah, well, that was a different, I suppose, you know, there was plenty of money knocking around at that stage because of what they did with their, 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 their club itself and, and the grounds and all that kind of stuff. And it was a, probably just a grab all. But certainly, you know, this kind of idea that, you know, these Dublin teams are out there and they're kind of, you know, you know, nearly on LinkedIn trying to get lads in it's not It's. I don't think that's necessarily the truth I, I think when you have a fella who's working and living in Dublin I'm not exactly sure what he does right but say you're getting off at 5 or 6 o'clock your employer's obviously also going you know what pal you're working here for me you, you head down to Galway three or four times and I have no problem with that you're a senior inter-county player but when you start asking me for time off to go play for a junior or intermediate or a senior club down and go and you're leaving here at three or four o'clock in the afternoon, that starts to get a little bit kind of burdensome for some employers. And some employers don't really give a fiddlers about GAA, you know. So there's a loads of little... He's a PE teacher, I think that's what he's... He's rich? He's going to become a PE teacher. Okay, well then... Yeah, yeah, well, then that's I'd say most likely though he has a job as well because he did mention the statement that he was working and living within Dublin. So yeah, I'm yeah. guessing it's not just... Yeah, but look, you know what? A lot of it, I, I think a lot of it when it boils down to it, and certainly I know from my situation, I, I, I was playing with a... Uh, the, the local junior team we won the junior championship in Mead went up into Mead and unfortunately we kind of went back down into it that was a band of brothers it was just one team we were kind of like a splinter team from Dunboyne St. Peter's and St. Paul's underage and then Dunboyne or St. Peter's and we were St. Paul's but you know myself and my brother my brother Barry was on the Mead junior team at the time I was trying to break into the seniors and I suppose the, the, the conversation was had with all the clubs and all the players and all of our teammates of well look lads these are the standards we want to get to where are you going to be? And the boys were saying, well, listen, we can't train X amount of nights. We're doing this. We're starting family. So there was a, there was a kind of a, we went with the blessing of the club and transferred. And we were transferred for ambition. We wanted to win championships, which we did. Um, so look, Will, there's lots and lots of different factors, you know, and I think you can't just kind of throw stuff at it and say he's trying to do this. Like, I can guarantee you this much. It's, it's definitely not a, a kind of resource or money situation. That's, that's a guarantee because I know lots of these clubs have, like Kimmel are a big club but Kilmacudder they run that club like a machine and the mm. amount of money that's required within mm. that club just to keep the club going and to be able to facilitate all the members and all the juveniles and everything else so I can guarantee there's nothing like that going on so is it ambition is it is it you know the travel I don't know but you know what um, it's a horrible situation and I think it's did a really you meet any resistance when you were trying to pull off one of your transfers yeah, well, when I went from, um, I was with Blackhall Gales when we won a championship. I was with them for a number of years. The team kind of started to break up. The manager, uh, Leo Turley, had, 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 had finished up. We had got to a final. We lost the final to Dunboyne. And I suppose it was kind of coming to an end, uh, just an end of a journey, really. Um, and Dunboyne would have been my parish and where I kind of originally played, uh, 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 you know, my underage stuff about hurling and football. And I went to go back to Dunboyne because actually, funnily, I tri- myself and my brother Barry we tried to transfer to Dunboyne after St. Paul's but anyway, this is a long story um, we come as a package son. Yeah, we come as a package <laughs> but uh, anyway we were stopped so we weren't allowed to go and, and you know what that is, that is not a nice situation because the reason that was given to me was well look you know how would we feel if we played Dunboyne in the championship next year and you're lined out against us midfield and I would say that's, that's, that's a very valid argument but I was also saying but like you know, if I don't line out for Dunboyne, 
I'm not going to line out for you, so I'm going somewhere else because at, at the age I was, I think I was getting close to 30, I couldn't take just a year out, you know. So I transferred into Dublin because that was the only move I could make. I couldn't transfer to another me team. So it was either play for Blackhall Gales, don't play at all, mm-hmm. or move somewhere else. So this is the situation that Shane Walsh finds himself in and it's not a great situation because he has lots of friends, he's lots of family, he has lots of teammates who are obviously still involved in the club, which I had with Blackhall, great he's people. keen to go back and play for them again, he said that already. Yeah, so, you know, you don't want to burn bridges, you know, and I think if anyone puts their hand up, they, they're not just doing this on a whim, they've thought about it long and hard, and, you know, I think the committee need to sit down and kind of really think, actually, you know what, yes, we may be losing them, and I see some of the, the, the quotes saying, you know, think of the children, you know, kind of idea. <laughs> like, you know, at the end of the day, the club is not just one man, you know, and even though it's Shane Walsh or whoever it is, the club is the club, and the club will have to be there and will have to flourish when Shane Walsh is well gone. Um, like, I mean, he, he, he could be finished in a couple of years. I don't know. Um, but he's at the peak of his powers now. He has an ability to go and possibly win, as I say, a, an All-Ireland Club Championship. And, you know, I think I think to try and stop him now is going to cause a really, really nasty uh, vibe. And I can imagine locally it's causing probably a lot of angst, you know. Yeah. Meath going back to back, Moisey as well. Uh, fantastic achievement. The last five years have been remarkable going to All-Irelands of different hues over the last five seasons. Yeah. Uh, coming out of the intermediate, now going back to back at senior level, backing up the success of last year and showing it wasn't uh, a one-off either. And a very v- impressive performance in the final both defensively with the way they lock Kerry down particularly in the second half bit of adversity going 1-2 down early on and having to come back and then having the afterburners to just finish the game out in the end as well I'm sure you have to be very happy with the way they performed you know it's like I was I went I went into the match that's you know I brought my two girls in um, and they're only young so so you know the first kind of 20 minutes was me feeling 400 million questions about the crows the swans the, the not the swans the seagulls, seagulls yeah. the president the grass what colour are me <laughs> the <laughs> usual stuff when am I getting my hot dog which they didn't get again by the way but uh no, it was, a, it was, you know what, I actually got quite emotional at the end of the game watching it because there was an enormous crowd there for me. Absolutely fantastic support. Um, it just shows you how hungry the county is for success. And I know I said this last year, but, you know, it's, it's, and they're an amazing team, I think, because not only have they captured the hearts of uh, and minds of Meath people, but I think they've captured an awful lot of support around the country, which is, you know, I was kind of scratching my head over the last few days. I was thinking, is it the underdog kind of thing that they came from, you know, obviously down the lower divisions and came up um, where they have come from four or five years ago? Um but I honestly think that it's just it's 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 the way they play, you know, and it's the, and and it's obviously the way that the, the ethos that they have within the team. Like I mean, they're so honest. Um, there is no um, showmanship. There's no jumping on the ground. There's no kind of you know gamesmanship. They're just honest. They take it all. Like I mean, they had some really tricky decisions go against them. I thought in the first ten or fifteen minutes. I don't know the intricacies of the tackle in, in ladies football. I don't think anyone knows to be honest. But I was kind of scratching my head at some of the freeze that were going against them and you could see they were getting frustrated. I think some of the players get frustrated about too. A few years ago Camogie changed around a bit and allowed a little bit more physicality. Even as a viewer and like talking to a few other former ladies football players they say it's been a frustration for years. The comment of, I think Vicky's comment after the game is this is the biggest talking point for me and she's on about the move. It's a bit more simple in terms of what you can and can't do over there. I think there's a lot of ambiguity around what a tackle is in ladies football at the moment 
And this idea of non-contact, which I think is absolute nonsense. Well, you, yeah. you were there. The decision when she got carded was booed in the stadium. Yeah, it was booed. But even... even so Mead started off nervous, but I definitely think they're obviously... Like, I heard Mick Bohan, the Dublin manager, kind of, you know, tongue-in-cheek, he was saying, oh, Mead have brought a, an extra level of physicality to it and maybe teams... So I don't, like... Mead have a kind of a very much... Uh, uh, um, Obviously, a counter-attacking style, okay? But once you go near that pocket and once you go into the scoring zone, they swarm you and they try to get the ball off you. And they did that extremely well against Kerry. They frustrated Kerry completely. But but out around the middle, they obviously have fast-breaking runners. And I don't know, so, some of the frees were kind of, you're going, is that a tackle? It was just a hand in, you know? Was that a, just a leg? I, I, you know, you and, and I can only imagine, as frustrating as it was for us watching it, you could see in the pitch the kind of players were kind of going, well, you know, and I don't, I, I'm not even sure the poor old referee yeah. even has clear guidelines you, on what you, exactly If you read any more of the references, like, I, I, we had Vicky Wall on not that long ago on OTBM. It's the first time I chatted with her. She's a very, very good uh, media performer. And Eamon Murray is kind of almost more like, I'm going to say exactly what I think. And he says after the game, I wouldn't want that. You'd only put the players off. Parents wouldn't allow their kids to play the game. And I, I find this a really intriguing debate. So I, I don't really agree with him here. I think... Yeah, we're talking about the nuances here of um, you know the sexes basically, where we can't allow you know women's football to be as aggressive as the men, but it's better for that aggression as well. Vicky is the player she is because of the way she plays. So where is this debate going to go? Well, I think you know I'm not going to get into an equality debate here. Absolutely, I'm, I'm definitely not going to go into those murky waters. But the simple thing: you watch the Euro finals at the weekend, right? The ladies, and and you watch the the, the GAA. My wife plays basketball. I remember the first basketball game I went to. I couldn't believe the physicality of it. I was going, Jesus, you wouldn't see this in a, in a men's senior match. Like there was, there was like plenty of it. And basketball is essentially meant to be sports, a non-contact yeah. sport. But there's loads going on, uh, and and I'm quite right now. Maybe it's it's not at the standard where it is in the states. She's originally from the states, but like even she would say back there, there's still loads of contact. You know, you have to use your body. So in GAA, it's very very difficult, Johnny. If I'm running at you. And I changed my angle, which Vicky Wall does very, you know, quite really, really well. And she bounces off her left foot and comes into you. Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Do you do you put your hands down? Do you just let her brush by? Of course, your hands going to come out or whatever it is. You're going to try and get your body in front of her. Um, and obviously, teams have kind of not targeted her, but teams have realised that what she does is she comes around on the loop and comes onto the ball fast. So teams have said, well, we can't stop her when she gets the ball. So let's stop her at source. And, and as, as, as the stakes go higher in sport, as the S&C goes higher in the ladies' football, because, by the way, the conditioning of both teams, but yeah. especially Mead, was unbelievable. What's like, the I watched, point of this if you, if you don't have contact? Correct. You know. you know, and I think the girls would say, no, no one wants, like, you know, you're not asking for anything bananas, but, uh, you know, it, it, girls are going to get conditioned. Because, by the way, when you go to the AFLW, I watched some of the highlights, uh, you know, last week. I was kind of saying, listen, I want to get into this. And really, what is the grow for for some of these girls to go because I've I've Anyway, it's a very physical game. You know, it's a but very are we over twenty game. now over there from Ireland, like twenty three or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and you know what, Johnny, I'm scratching my head like <sighs> Mead, or sorry, women's football in Ireland has never been as good as it is now. Mm. Now I don't know why that has occurred, 
like relative to the Dublin teams and the Cork teams of the dominance of the last. It's probably no harm the fact that first time since two thousand three, neither have been in the final. It, it opens the yes, it does, and probably I saw some. I can't remember which girl said. You know, there was probably it could have been Cora or someone else said there's five or six teams who could potentially win it next mm. year. So, like the men's thing, the, the playing field because the standards have improved, and you can obviously see that there's work going in at S and C levels. You talk about Colin O'Rourke; he's probably going to take two or three of that backroom team. So, in other words, the backroom team aren't just made up of a bunch of hams. They're made up of quality people, right? So you end up in a situation where the standards are improving. Obviously, the standards around the teams are improving. You would hope the resources around those are improving as regards expenses and we can go there again but all of those different things because they deserve everything that it should be on the same level playing field but the conditioning all of those different things so as girls are improving as the conditioning levels are improving as the game is turning into a much better spectacle with a lot more skill a lot more ability and all that well then the physicality thing is a natural thing that will come in because there is no way to play 15 on 15 in such a fast-moving sport now without physicality to come into it. So the, the the frustration there between players, between referee and between supporters, that probably has to be decided upon, I would imagine, by rule makers within the LGFA and say, right, we actually have to define what a tackle is here. Um, because there was a lot of head scratching. Because to be fair to the referee, I thought she was blowing everything and then she just kind of said, she must have got a word in the air and then it was kind of like actually we're just going to let everything go yeah. now you know because and then it actually did become because the amount of whistle blown in the first 10-15 minutes but the the, the, the Australian and I, I just I, I know we're, we were chatting about Vicky and like I'm, I'm kind of I, I, again I am a little perturbed about the fact that at this time someone or, or a body is allowing the best talent to leave you know that's uh, killer to me I mean like losing Orlali and Vicky was a huge blow even if they were talking on the Sunday game about they're going to come back and be part of the drive for three in a row but they're away now for a prolonged period of time yeah. because the AFLW season is longer as well yes it is and also I watch as I said I watched some of the game I don't think the standard is as good it's not it's a totally different game right so so Vicky is quite a competitive player okay and the way she moves but she's going to get someone now who's marking her who can tackle her around the show and bring her down to the ground. Mm-hmm. That's a completely different thing than what she faces every week. Like I would, she's a she's an unbelievable player. She's a very strong player. Um, I'm sure she will be a standout and a star over there. But you know, I would I would fear as well because to a certain degree, the players are protected in the game here. You know, the referees will not allow certain things to go on, which is good. In the Aussie rules, I watched. It's it seems to be it's all fair and love and war you know there's girls being pounded on the ground there's tackles after the ball I don't know if the standard of refereeing or even the officiating is where it should be it's a different sport so you're coming in from a sport where you've grown and, and played it since five or six or seven years of age you're used to the the, the shall we say the the the, the terms of, of contact and now you're coming into something else that's completely different and she's going to be Marked, she's going to be. Here comes this Irish girl coming over with a big name who thinks she can be, you know, kind of coming onto the ball fast, being combative. Well, we'll we'll match her. So I would, I hope it works out for them. I'm, I'm kind of again. It's it's. I've asked some people why would you do it. Some people have said, well, you know, they get paid and it's semi-professionalism. And I say, well, it's hardly for the money. It's not enormous money, you know. Surely they could look get looked after here for something relative to the same. Not being paid, say being paid, but if they needed a job or whatever it was, surely the resources could be put in here. So then someone else said to me, well, you know, you're training and playing like a professional. Okay, I can take that argument. You know, you be you be within the the confines of the professional or semi-professional kind of era. 
Edinburgh. You'll it's have like all Melbourne of that around and Brisbane you. are a nice place to live. Yeah, they are. But you know, at the same time. She's one to all Ireland. She's one to all Ireland, mm. right? Like, Mead is absolutely buzzing at the moment mm. with those girls. Like, like it, it, you can't get much higher. Bar you go again. And what I mean is, is that the sport is now on a massive trajectory. And someone has allowed two or three or four, there's been lots of girls, mm. to be ripped out of that sport. So you basically have gone, well, we're going to cherry pick the best and we're just going to rip them out. So the standard has to drop. And at the same time, when people aspire and young girls or, you know, boys see whatever it is and they look up and they say, well, these are, these are the stars, those stars are not there anymore. And I just don't know if the, what they're going to is, is, even as a package, is as good as what they're leaving. Yeah. You know, I can see the men going to Australian rules, absolutely right, because, you know, there, there's, there's an awful lot of resources put in around that. Like, I, I, the grand final had, I can't remember who played in it, but the grand final had, I think, had an attendance of 21,000. Like, there's 27 million people in Australia, right? And they had 21,000 at the, at the women's grand final. There was 46 or 47,000 in Crow Park last week. There was a, I'd say there was 25, 30,000 meat people there. Our national, our national broadcaster, and it's like it has a bland story, Vicky Wall looking forward to next chapter in Australia. That's the headline. Top story in the entire sports section in terms of being read. That's where we're at with this sport. Like, yeah. It's mad. It's mad. Yeah. And what could you do, Johnny, with it? You know, and, and, and the fear is, is that you're talking about, you know, the, the women's, which is be, be seen, be the, all of that. Well, absolutely. Well, like, I mean, start it here. So someone should be taking a hold of, in the LGFA or the GA and saying, listen, hold on a second. We have a brain drain. We have a talent drain yeah. here going yeah. on. And we have to stop this. Why is this being allowed to happen? Could we not put, could Vicky Wall not train in a semi-professional status here in Ireland? Could the best players not be, say, well, listen, you know, you're going to work or you're going to college or whatever it is, but we're going to put the, the resources around you to, to really enhance the game and to enhance you as a player. Because it's, it's never been as, as popular, right? It has never been. And it's inspiring girls. It might They're scratching the surface in terms of across the country how big this could be. I think several counties are miles behind where they could be. Like. But actually, Johnny, do you know what? <laughs> like, I know it, this might sound completely fanciful, but it's a sport that actually you could really move into other countries like women and and girls and like I see the basketball thing and the growth of the basketball through, through, through my wife and you know it's a fantastic game and it's a quick moving game but it's only five still on a court right and they're tight panels this is 15, 20, 25 girls you can see the camaraderie with the teams you can see what it means to I think the, the girl from Leash uh, um, Ashton Donner Ashton Donner amazing story but you can see with the, the, the camaraderie with that group you know and girls when they leave school you know, lads, you go 18, you generally fall into the GA club or the soccer club or the rugby club or whatever it is. But girls at a certain age, there's not a whole pile for them to get in touch with and stay involved with mm. and, and to really get that sense of togetherness. And this is something which, which has obviously plenty of athleticism. It has kicking, it has catching, it has all those different things. And it isn't a sport that's going to necessarily hurt you. Do you know what I mean? There's, yes, there's physicality and they want physicality. I think that's where Eamon's comments are a little bit, um, they're just, they're wide of the mark because I don't, I've had, I've said this for years, if I had kids, I would not let kids play rugby, like not at all, in the, but there's no way if I had a boy or girl. And surely we should be treating them as the same thing here now. You know, my, my sister played in the county for Galway, I've been to loads of the games, they do not want a lack of physicality. They want physicality. Players and let's treat them as athletes. 100%. Absolutely, 100%. Like, I mean, you, you, you can't give one and not give the other. 
You know, you can't say, well, that's okay, but actually, hold on a second, because that is not a quality. You know, so so you have to say, well, this is a sport. The, the sport demands that. Like, I mean, my niece is... is over with Lencer uh, she's the Lencer under 18 captain actually they've gone to England just over the next few days playing rugby and like she's an out half and she's played Gaelic she's played, and, and like she was saying like I mean the, 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 the tackling and all that is a big thing for Attractive them you know yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they like I mean it's, it's, it's a part of what they do mm. and they get to, you have to learn the skills and it's a skill of the game so tackling in GEA and you know avoiding hits it's a skill of the game you know you're not saying you're just ploughing through people because that just won't work you'll get punished for it. So, but but the game itself, you know, I I, I, I think there's too it's too easy of an acceptance. Um, you know that they're just oh well they're going to head to Australia. I think there has been too many. I'm not just saying this because of the me girls, the the, the, the Tipperary girl who went. Yeah, uh, very effective yeah as well, you know, yeah. there's 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 just I just think that when I when I when I if I ranked both of them, I'd say okay, better attendances at uh, uh, ladies' games here. It seems to be a higher level of promotion for it. It seems to be better officiated. Uh, the skill level and the the ability is far in excess of what's over there. So you're kind of going, well, where do I want to be here? You know, <laughs> which is the game that actually has probably more of a future? Um, and as I said, not even only here. Like, I mean, it honestly could be a game that could push across and you know all of a sudden you see girls and different teams like look at the growth of men's GEA around the world like I mean it is it is a growing so you go to the diasporas and everything else mm-hmm. there's people playing it all over the place and there's loads and loads and loads of you know expats and non-Irish playing it well I tell you women's uh, ladies football could be exactly the same yeah. If it was really properly done. Uh, ironically, we we, start, we mentioned climate change earlier on. Ireland will soon be a nicer place to live than Australia as exactly. well. Exactly. Yeah, actually, it will be. Actually, <laughs> that is the spirit, Johnny Ward. Johnny Ward is going to be back on OTVM tomorrow. Of course, it is brought to you live each morning by Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. Johnny's going to be alongside Nathan Murphy from half past seven in the morning. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 